Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. I'm just going to start my stopwatch because my watch is broken. So thank you, Marty and Karen, for the opportunity. It's really lovely to be here speaking today. And I really want to speak about my very favourite topic, which is listening to God. And it's a journey that God has taken me on for many, many years, learning, teaching me how to listen to him, how to pay attention to the things that he wants to say to me. Because God is all about relationship. And he's so invested in us. He's so interested in our lives, in what we care about, in what we're struggling with, in the, the dreams that we have for our future. And he's so intentional about wanting to walk with us and have conversations with us and do life with us. And, you know, the thing about relationship with God, it's about us getting to know him. I mean, how does, how does God tick? How does he think? What does he see? What are his ways like? And I love what Jesus said in John chapter 10. He said, my sheep, meaning us, he said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice. And, you know, God is the absolutely kindest person that I know. And he loves to speak words of life to us. He loves to speak words that strengthen us, that encourage us. I better make sure I don't walk over the edge. Um, Words that comfort us, and we all need that. But he also likes to speak words of identity to us, words that tell us who we are. And they're the words that change us, that change our lives and our thoughts and our behaviour. You know, when, when God created you, he spoke words of destiny over your life and into your heart and your DNA. And he wired you with the giftings and the, and the dreams and the desires to fulfil everything that he prepared you for. And if we are going to walk in the fullness of everything that God created us for, then we need to know how he sees us and what he's saying about us. And very often, I don't know about you, but I know for myself, I have often seen myself through the lens, through lenses of limitation because I know what my failings are and I know what my vulnerabilities and insecurities are. But the thing is, when God looks at us, he looks past all of that. And what he sees is he sees the potential that he has placed within us. And he wants to talk to us about that. And he wants to breathe life and on those seeds so they can grow. And there is no way that I would be doing what I'm doing in my life now if I hadn't positioned myself to listen to the things that God said about me and embraced them and actually allowed them to shape what I believed about myself. And, you know, for the first half of my life, um, I had absolutely no self-confidence. I was really bullied horribly in my early years at primary school. You can all be feel sorry for me now. <laughs> no. But th those experiences defined the way I saw myself. And, and for much of my life, I lived with the belief that I wasn't enough, that I didn't measure up. Um, I, it really affected the way that I interacted with other people. Like I would never, ever... Um, stand up for myself or so what I thought. I was a total people pleaser and there is no way in the world I would have stood up and spoken to a group of people. 
But the wonderful thing about God is he doesn't speak to us through our lenses of limitation. He speaks to us through the lenses of the potential that is placed within us and who he created us to be. And so in my 20s, my early 20s, when I was lacking in self-confidence, I had a lot of insecurities. God spoke to me and he said, Noni, you're a teacher and I'm calling you to teach my people. And, you know, I had, I had a real choice to make about whether I believed him or not because I, I found it really difficult to believe that. But I also was pretty sure that apart from Steve, who's always, be, always been an incredible encourager, I was pretty sure no one else in my circle at that time would have seen me as a teacher. But in spite of that, I actually made a decision to trust him. I thought, what would it look like if I believed that? And so I took those words and I hid them in my heart and I allowed them to start to shape how I saw myself and define my thoughts and actions instead of the self-doubt that I had. And I had no idea how it was going to pan out. I couldn't really imagine anybody wanting to listen to me. But I just thought, God, just between you and me, let's go on this journey. And, and then after a while, he, start, he told me to start preparing some specific messages. So I did that just quietly. Only Steve knew. And my very first introduction to speaking was a, a little group of six women in a remote rural town and I would drop my kids off at school and I'd drive well over an hour and I'd sit there with them and I'd share what I'd prepared and then by the time we'd finished, I'd go back and pick my kids up from school. And that was my introduction to speaking. And I want to tell you that the first time I preached, it was absolutely atrocious. And I knew it was. But I also knew that God had called me. So I had to, you know, it was hard. I had to go and get some honest feedback. And I had to take that on board, take it on the chin so I could learn and so I could grow. And I just decided that, God, I'm going to take every opportunity that comes my way, no matter how scared I am or anxious, and I'm just going to prepare like crazy and practice and practice and try and get better at this thing. And, and so it was this journey of really intentional growth and development, but it was fueled by the things that God had shown me that he saw in me. Because I chose to believe him instead of all the discouraging lies that my mind was telling me. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. But I had to meditate on his words. And I had to remind myself when I felt discouraged or when that old feeling of not being good enough came back. And I intentionally pursued that calling that he'd spoken to me about so that when he started to open doors for me, I would be ready and, you know, much of my life now involves teaching and I really enjoy it. Like, I, as Karen said, I get to teach uni students how to be counsellors. And, and Steve and I have the privilege of going and teaching in churches to help build and encourage and strengthen them. But none of that would have happened if I hadn't listened to the words that God wanted to speak over my life because they gave me the motivation but also they gave me the courage to step out of my comfort zone and into the plans he'd created for me. And, you know, God also understands the difficulties and the challenges that we face. Honestly, without his constant flow of, of words of encouragement, I don't actually know how I would have got through some of the things I've had to face in my life. But he loves to give us strategies and solutions for the problems we're facing. I remember when my kids, who are now adults, but when they were teenagers, one of them developed... Um, really bad 
like they'd get really lightheaded and dizzy and feel like they're going to faint. And it went on and it got worse over about six months and the doctors didn't know what was wrong. And as a mum, I was, you know, feeling pretty concerned. And then one day um, they, I took this child to the chiropractor because they had a sore neck from studying. And as I'm sitting in the waiting room while they're having a treatment, God just drops into my spirit, asks them to check the jaw. And so I went and knocked on the door and I said, could you just check the check the jaws okay and when they came out the um, the chiropractor said look the jaw was totally locked up and we've released it and all of the symptoms cleared up just such a simple thing and you know God God loves he, he loves to encourage us and strengthen us but also to help us be courageous and resilient I don't know um, how many of you know but I actually had chronic fatigue for 10 years and, and the fact I actually got miraculously healed after 10 years and the fact that I'm doing what I do now in my life is, is an absolute miracle. But I remember in the middle of that time, it was a hard, a difficult time, I remember shopping, doing my grocery shopping at Coles, and that was just difficult because I was so exhausted. And uh, I remember just crying out to God. I was, I was so discouraged. I was so anxious about the future and just crying out to God. And I remember in the shopping aisle in Coles, God just, he just speaks to me into my spirit and he says, be still and know that I'm God. And you know, it didn't give me my immediate answer for how to get healed. But what it did in that place is it just, it, I, this deep-seated peace came into my being. And the beautiful thing about it was, when I, as I walked through that journey, when I would start to get into that place of discouragement again or anxiety, I could go back. And, I, and the thing is, when God speaks to you, not only do you remember the words that he spoke to you, you remember the way that he said it to you. And I could go back and revisit that and the same peace would come back into my life. And one of, one of the lovely things about God is he's so creative that he can use any vehicle that he wants to speak to us. There's no limit to the ways in which he'll speak to you. And probably every one of us will have a slightly different experience of what it looks like for us to perceive God. And one of the things that I've observed is that when I speak about hearing God, is that people always come up to me after and they say, you know, I've just realised that actually God's been speaking to me, but I didn't recognise it was him. And we actually see this in, in the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel. Samuel was a, a prophet in Israel, but when he was a young boy, he lived with, in the temple with Eli the priest. And it says um, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, it says that one night Samuel as a boy is lying on his bed and he, and he hears his name being called. And so he immediately gets up and goes to the priest, Eli, and he says, Eli, what do you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And this happens three times. And by the third time, Eli, who's an experienced priest who knows how to hear from God, he realises what's happening is that Samuel is hearing the voice of God, but he doesn't recognise it and he gives it a natural interpretation. So he says to Samuel, next time you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And I think that often this is what happens, is that we actually are perceiving the voice of God, but we don't recognise the fingerprints of God. And I remember, you know, I'm a bit of a slow learner, but I remember um, a time in my life where for three years I had the same recurring dream every month. Now, I know that the Bible talks all the way through about God speaking in dreams, but it never occurred to me that it was God because my culture, that, that wasn't spoken about in my culture. 
And I remember going away to a conference with a friend one day in, in New Zealand, and we were chatting about all things God, and, and she's telling me, she said, you know, Noni, someone prayed for me, and ever since then, God's been speaking to me in, my, in dreams. And she said, and I've been having this recurring dream. And she, she described the dream and what it meant to me, and she was describing the exact dream that I'd been having for three years. And it's like this light bulb went on in my head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. God has been speaking to me in dreams, but I just didn't recognise that it was him. And, you know, some of, the, some of the really common ways that people hear from God are so simple that they can be missed. You know, Elijah talks about the, the still small voice of God. And, and I know that, um, I absolutely know that God speaks audibly and there are people that have heard that. But in my experience, most people, most of the time, hear God through the still small voice. And sometimes we miss that. I remember um, being in a chiropractor because I had a sore back and he looked at my, my client intake form and he said, oh, you're a pastor. I said, yes, I am. He goes, well, I don't believe in God. He said, I believe in science. And, and while he's treating me, he's sort of talking the whole time about how science disproved God. And so I'm lying there thinking, God, can you give me something? Just give me something that I can share with him that you're real. And all of a sudden, just on my internal radar, just comes into my mind the word Helen. And so I said to him, do you, do you have someone in your world called Helen? And he stops. He said, that's my wife. He said, do you know her? I said, no, I don't know her, but I feel like God showed me that because he wants you to know that he's real and he knows you and he cares about you. And, you know, he didn't say anything else, but every time I went in after that, he was so nice to me. <laughs> Sometimes hearing God is as simple as something being highlighted or really deeply resonating with you. Like you might read the same verse in the Bible that you've read a hundred times, but on this day you read it and it just jumps out and hits you in the head. Yeah, or it might be a line of a song. It can be anything, something someone says. There's just a sense of weightiness on it. Sometimes for me, um, an inner sense, like, like often when I was doing prayer ministry or counselling and maybe doing some deep work with someone, all of a sudden I would feel the, the peace and the presence of God come into the room. And what I learned, it was God saying to me, Noni, I'm doing something here, so don't rush on. Don't change direction. Just stay here in this space and let me do the deep healing that I want to do. Sometimes we see pictures in our mind. And I want to say often that little, we, all, we can all imagine things on the screens of our minds and sometimes God just gives us a little snapshot and they're so simple that we often miss them. And I remember um, I had been speaking in a, in a conference at Queensland and I was flying on the way back and there was a lady next to me and I remember saying, God, how about, how about you show me something that could start a conversation about you with this lady? I'm not a very good evangelist, so I try and cheat and get God to give me things to help me. And it works much better, I've got to say. And so into my mind it just comes a fairly vague image of a garden spade. Now, I've got to be honest, there was no lightning bolts. I wasn't. I'm like, God, is that you or me? I didn't really know. But I thought, well, I'm not going to ever see this lady again. So, so if I embarrass myself, I can live with an hour of embarrassment sitting next to her. So I just said to her, hey, do you, do you like gardening? 
And she says, yeah, she says, that's my hobby. And she said, I run a gardening business and I've just been to a gardening conference in Queensland. And I'm like, you know, you can imagine for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> my faith's rising. So as, as she says that and, she's, and she says, well, how do you know that? And I just said, my, my typical line is, well, I'm a Christian and I've, I've, God showed me that because he wants you to know that. He knows you and he, and he cares about your life. But as I'm saying that and my faith is rising, I see a picture of her feet. And again, they're just little, little pictures in my mind like we all get. So I just said to her, do you have a problem with your feet? And she said, yeah, I've had severe pain in both feet and I've had surgery on one foot, but the other one's still really painful. I said, would it be okay if I prayed for them, for the pain to go? And she said, yeah, that would be okay. So I just prayed a really simple prayer for her feet to get better. As I'm doing it, into my mind comes a picture of her feet on fire. And she said to me, my feet feel like they're burning up. She said, but all the pain's gone. And, and you know, it just opened a door to have a beautiful conversation, but it was just a simple picture in my mind that I could have missed so easily. And, and that is not an exhaustive list. God can use any of our senses or any vehicle to speak to us. But the big question is not, is God speaking to us? The big question is, God, how do I listen to you? How do I recognise your voice? And, you know, in counselling, when I, when I train students to be counsellors, we teach them something called active listening. To listen well to someone involves some really specific skills and attitudes. You know... If you're going to listen well, you need to be focused and present with someone. You can't be thinking about what's the surf like or what do I need to cook for dinner tomorrow night, okay? That's not help you, going to help you listen. We also need a space to be away from external distractions. I don't know if you've ever been in a cafe and you're trying to listen to the person across from you and behind their head is a big TV with your favourite TV show or sports and you're trying to listen but you're not really because you're listening to them. And to listen well, we also need to be able to still ourselves and be quiet enough internally so we can pick up the nuances of the other person's communication so we can respond in a way that enables us to connect deeply. And I want to say to you that listening to God is no different. For most of us, I would say life is fairly fast-paced with a lot of demands and distractions and Paying focused attention can be quite a challenge. And I love what Habakkuk, the Old Testament prophet, did because he was very intentional about positioning and posturing himself in life to listen to God. And in, in the first chapter of his book, sorry, the second chapter in verse 1, he says this. He says, I will take my stand at the watch post. I will station myself on the tower. My paper's got stuck. I can't turn it over. And I will look to see what he will say to me. Now, Habakkuk did two things. He made some external space away from distractions and then he cultivated an internal posture of listening. And, you know, one I've had to find a strategy in God for me. I have a really, really busy life. And God said to me, Nona, you need to have blocks and spaces in your life. You need to have blocks of time where you can run hard and do all the things you need to do. And then you need to have spaces when you shut the door and all of that. And you come away with me and you come aside with me. Now, for me, that's usually early mornings. But I, I encourage you to ask God about a, st a strategy for your life in the season that you are in now of what that looks like to spend time with him. But not only did Habakkuk make time away from the external distractions and demands, 
he also said, I will look to see. And he knew how to still his mind and focus his attention on God. And I want to say, I don't think that's very easy. I don't think we're trained well in our culture to do that. A mind has been compared to a tree full of monkeys jumping around, all, all vying for our attention. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I certainly can. And, and like any skill, being still takes a lot of practice and discipline to cultivate. And, and you know, when I started trying to be still, I reckon I couldn't even last for 30 seconds before my mind drifted off. But as I daily practised a rhythm of, of committing to being still before God, after some time I found that I accessed this deeper inner space where actually it was really easy to sense God's presence and hear his voice clearly where he would guide me and give me direction for every area of my life. And that's what David meant in the Psalms when he said, be still and know that I am God. And, and the more that I do this as an intentional practice, the more that I find I'm sensitive to his voice and his presence throughout the day. And if I'm going to be honest, when I get caught up on the treadmill of life and I neglect that practice, I find a sense of not that God's not speaking or distance, but for me it's harder to tune in, it's harder to still myself. And, and it sometimes can take me a few days or even weeks just to reinstate that practice. And I'm saying that to be real so you don't get discouraged. But I always end up back in that lovely still space with God. And so we go on this journey of learning what God's voice sounds like. It's really normal in the beginning to go, God, is that you or is that me? You know, sometimes I'm sure, sometimes I'm not. And, and it's okay, you'll probably make some mistakes and you won't always get it right. But that's part of the learning curve. Just be real, be wise, recognise that we're all learning. And we learn just as much from our mistakes as from when we, when we hear God clearly. I remember, um, you know, in a season where I was really um, pushing into wanting to hear God more, and we were at a cafe with friends and there was a waitress serving us. So I just said, God, can you show me what her name is? And immediately the name Teresa came into my mind and I thought, oh, that's interesting. So we were reading the menus and as I was reading it, I'm just continuing to tune into that space with God. And all of a sudden, from deep within, came this name Amanda. And it felt really different. It had a weightiness on it. And when the waitress came over, I just said to her, hi, what's your name? She said, my name's Mandy, short for Amanda. And it was such a great learning curve because I realised, wow, that felt really different from the other word. And so you, we sort of go on this journey of learning to recognise the voice of God. And, and, you know, over time, we get a bit more clear on, okay, what's just me and what is actually God? And, and it's really helpful to inquire of God, ask God about things and be curious. I, I remember um, one day, and do, who knows what an Avon lady is, right? They sell makeup, yeah. So an Avon lady knocked on my door. Now, confession time, I hate it when people knock on my door to sell me things. It's a real, I find it an invasion of my privacy. And usually if I open the door, I shut them down and shut the door before they can start, politely but firmly. This one was quick and she got in before I could shut the door. And so she's standing there, she's going on her spiel and I'm really annoyed. So I'm standing there listening, I'm like, okay, God, she's wasting my time, that's in my head. So give me something, give me something. And, and the only thing I noticed 
with a slight discomfort in my shoulder. And it's really good to be curious. As you're trying to develop this idea of, God, what are the, how do you speak to me? What's your voice? Be curious about things. So I wasn't sure, but I asked him and I just felt a slight discomfort in my shoulder. So, you know, again, I just when she paused for breath, I just said to her, do you have a pain in your shoulder? And she stopped and she said, I have pain in my shoulder because I had a terrible car accident a few months ago, but that's not the worst problem. The worst problem is I have terrible pain in my hips and no one can do anything. And she said, she said, how on earth did you know that? I said, I just felt like God showed me that. I'm a Christian and I, I, I said, I think maybe he wants to heal you. I said, would it be okay if I prayed for you? And she's like, yeah, that would be awesome. And so honestly, I just, I just said a really simple prayer for her and I felt the presence of God. And as I'm praying, she said, I can feel heat all over my body. And that, that's just what happened. And then we said goodbye. I think I might have bought something off her just to, you know, I thought I'd better, better buy something because I've prayed for her. But two weeks later, I get a phone call. And she said, hi, I don't know if you remember me. I'm an Avon lady and I came to your house two weeks ago. And I said, yeah, I do remember you. She said, you prayed for me and I haven't had any pain since then. I've been totally healed. And I'm not saying this. I think what I'm trying to say to you is none of this, this is just purely because I'm just curious and asking God and paying attention and willing, willing to step out and make a little bit of a fool in myself, not in a way that's going to do any damage. But... But over time, we start to learn to differentiate between what does God's voice sound like and what, what is just coming from us. But when I want to encourage you, when God speaks to you, take a record of it because he will speak words that will change your life. Meditate on them. Hold them before your eyes. Um, he will give you words that help you to stay on course, to give you wisdom in tricky situations, to be resilient. He will help you. I mean, I don't know how I parented teenagers without hearing God. I, wanted to, I can't, haven't got time for the stories. Trust me, if you're a parent, start hearing God. It will work on it because you, he helps you so much. And I want to say this, God has an amazing sense of humour. It's a really fun journey. But I, I want to finish off today just by praying for you, if that is okay. Because... The reason I'm speaking is because God wants to increase the water table for all of us of, of our capacity and our sensitivity to his voice. So if you want to just open your hearts to God, if you want to lift your hands, you can, no pressure. But I just want to pray today, Father, that you would illuminate the hearts, the eyes of our hearts, that for everyone who is listening to this in this room or online, that you would open our spiritual eyes and ears to hear, that you would increase the water table in our life of our sensitivity to your spirit that where you have already been speaking words of life to us and through us and we haven't recognized your fingerprints father would you open our eyes would you give us a light by moment to recognize just put your finger right now on those places where you actually have already been speaking to us and if you are listening to me today and you actually go well I don't I don't really I don't really know Jesus. I felt like God wants you to know that he actually, there's someone here that God is saying, he wants you to know that he knows you by name. And the hand of God is held out in invitation to friendship. And the invitation is that you do not need to walk life on your own anymore. You can walk life in close relationship with God where he will speak to you, he will guide you, 
He will take care of you. And so if, that, if that's you, just tell him. I just encourage you, just tell him, God, I actually I want to walk with you in life. I want to walk in relationship with you. And if, if you're in that state and you want to talk to someone, you can speak to any of the people here on the, on the front row. And I just want to bless you all today with open ears and open eyes to hear and see the language of God and the conversations that God wants to have with you. Thank you.